HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is supported by Angry Orchard. HRN is teaming up with them to host a virtual event all about American cider. Check it out at heritageradionetwork.org cider. This episode is brought to you by Honeycomb Credit. Heritage Radio Network listeners can learn more about the power of community capital by visiting honeycombcredit.com slash HRN. Hey, hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. It's Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. By the way, it's American Craft Beer Week, too. I'm Jimmy Carboni, and I'm the host of Beer Sessions Radio. So we're, we're talking to an old friend uh, who's out in Seattle, Mr. Brian Strumpke. Brian, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. How are you? Great. You, you're, we know you have Stillwater, but you've been doing some fun projects out in Seattle. Yeah, we... Um during COVID, I uh, um, helped my friend Matt kick off a project called Fast Fashion, um, basically specializing in the whole hazy IPA thing. That's great. We're going to talk a lot about beer and you guys today. Uh, next guest is a guy, uh, Gene. Will you introduce yourself, please? Sure. Um, my name is Gene Brolet. Um, I own Tired Ann's Brewing Company, and once in a while, I brew beer. And what are you doing? You're out in Seattle, too, with, with Brian? Yeah, yeah. So um, now that the the fog of this pandemic is beginning to lift, Brian and I decided to just go on a a shotgun West Coast tour. We're pretty much, uh, you know, our our home base, I guess, is unofficially Seattle right now. But we're going all the way from Anchorage down to Tijuana over the next week or so and stopping at our friends' breweries and and communing with them, finally. And we've rented a convertible. (laughs) And I'm so glad we got you today. Thanks for joining. And uh, a good friend who's also a beer writer, Ryan. Uh, yeah, Ryan Brower from Gear Patrol. Uh, I'm our commerce editor as well as our in-house beer expert. And uh, it's good to be uh, back on the podcast. And you got the fun job. You got all the beer, brother. <laughs> yeah. I bet, yeah, I bet you got a lot days. of beer. Yeah. 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 And uh, not being in the office, I, uh, I don't get to share all these samples I get with my colleagues. So my Brooklyn fridge is always overrun and i'm handing it to neighbors so uh hopefully uh that starts to ease soon good problem to have though <laughs> so i'm gonna start with brian. so brian i think one of the first times that i ever t- tried your beers was a long time ago 2009 maybe we had a battle of the belgians and you you had one of your your early saisons it might have been the cellar door stillwater cellar door and i remember it won you know how has beer changed for you since then because we're going to talk a little bit about <laughs> where tastes are now in, in the industry? Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, obviously it's, you know, you could say it's changed a lot, but it's like, maybe it's just expanded. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think some of, some of the new, um, trends in, in beer are not, are just kind of more like trends in beverage. Um, so I, I think there's still the, um, the same passion for, well-crafted beer flavored beer, but there's also, um, you know, there's a big market for fruit smoothies. Well, that, that's a great intro to the show. Um, Gene, what, what about you? What, what's your take? I, you know, the first time I had one of your tired hands beers might've been 2015 or 16 in New York. 
and a, a real a real hazy uh, IPA. Um, how have things evolved for you? Um, well, they they've continued down that same path, you know. So we we're coming up on uh, our, our ninth anniversary, and um, well, one of the beers that I always keep on tap at all of our locations is is a hazy pale ale called Hop Hands, and that's just kind of uh, how I wanted to brew a uh, hoppy beer, you know, almost a decade ago, it just tasted better to me. Um, so the, the evolution has, has been of craft beer as I see it has been a lot of more of the same, uh, with these little caveats, nooks and crannies carved out for, um, it's hard to call it exper- experimentation because I think a lot of what, what's happening right now with like smoothie beers or like pastry salads is actually, a, it's a very safe, it's a very safe way to play, um, or to engage in, in, in the beer game. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just more of the same and, and little like digressions for experimentation. Yeah. Well, and um, we're going to have a lot of questions from Ryan about this similar topic as the show evolves, but I want to just talk about what you guys are doing now. So let's hear about this trip. So Ryan, you're out in Seattle. Uh, tell us about fast fashion. Uh, quick overview. Cause it sounds pretty cool. And there's, what's the place called the masonry pizza. Yeah. Um, so my friend Matt Storm, he um, owned uh, two pizza and beer places called Masonry. Um, he's kind of one of the you know pioneering, I guess, esoteric beer bars in Seattle. Um, and during COVID, he was trying to set up a an operation for brewing, uh, specializing in hazy IPAs and and lagers. And obviously, during COVID, it was a little tricky trying to find. Uh, a head brewer um and since since my travel had been completely locked down i basically was like i'm not going anywhere for at least six months so um that's let's get you set up so uh i basically you know him and i worked together and now he's uh almost a one-man show <laughs> tearing up uh 20 barrel batches of hazy ipa at least once a week that's pretty cool yeah and- and Gene, you're you're out there. Um, what, what's it like in Seattle for you? Oh, I love Seattle. It's your first trip in a while. Um, yeah, this this really does like mark. It's like a it's like a mile marker in uh just my travels over the past few years. Um, this is my first like big trip in well over a year. Uh, I, w- I was actually in Australia when the pandemic, when the shutdown hit, so I had to quick jump back and take care of business back at home. But uh, but yes, Seattle's nice. Is it really like cool, calm, collected energy out here. And, uh, it's such a joy. And I mean, Brian and I, Brian's one of my oldest beer friends, you know, we go back like 15 some odd years and Matt has quickly over the past five, six years become a dear friend. So, uh, to, to see them manifest or get together and manifest this creative energy is, is, is really, uh, just is heartwarming. And the brewery that they work at, uh, is, couldn't be nicer. They're just happy to have them. What are some of the spots that, that you'll be hitting on your little tour? And th- this is the whole cool stuff now right you said anchorage to tijuana yeah yeah this is like legit cool stuff so um <laughs> <laughs> so we kicked things off I, I met up with brian in new york city and we did uh some some wine beer blending with grim uh fantastic little brewery out, out by you um and now we're just kind of letting letting it all hang out at, at a fast fashion for a few days and then uh tomorrow we're going to go visit our friend gabe who runs anchorage and brew, you know, he, he's the barley wine guy. So we're going to do, we're going to get a oh, mushroom yeah. barley wine in the tank, a, a chaga mushroom barley wine. Uh, and then haul ass from there down to San Francisco, spend some time with our friends at Cellar Maker. Um, Monkish after that, uh, Sante, I'm sorry, Sante Darius, Monkish, and then Stone is going to punctuate the entire trip. So all down, it's really just, we're bombing down Pacific Highway Route 1 in a convertible. <laughs> That sounds fun. Exactly as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Not pulling any punches with that. Well, well, I, I can't say anything else. I just want to go with you guys. That's about it right now. I want to get on the road. So let, let, let's talk about what we'll be drinking. So, you know, Brian, I know I noticed that still are. Sometime this last year you brought back or you just someone focused on the premium lager that, that you had made years ago. Oh, uh, yeah. I, fi- I was finally able to. Um, it was always my dream to get that beer into cans um i mean because it's te- it's not a lager it's technically like a mixed fermentation britannomyces and saison yeast um but kind of structured um 
built on on the framework of a macro uh, American lager, corn and rice and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, this finally uh, two roads had expanded and created their area two, which special is for wild fermentation and such. So yeah, we're, I was finally able to do a uh, hundred barrel batch of premium eight years after, <laughs> after I initially wanted to. Um, so yeah, um, it's out there. It's funny. I, I remember when, when you first put out premium lager, it was the lager craze hadn't taken off yet. And it was like, that was your riff on like a retro lager, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's not a lager. <clears throat> I mean, technically it's an ale. Um, but I just call it beer. I think on the label, we just say um, postmodern beer. Um, quality malts, choice hops, and wild yeast. Yeah. Your, your grandfather's new beer. Are, are, you, are you drinking one right now? I want one, but I think we drank them all. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. But it, but it is. You know, that's, that's what everyone wants to drink right now. And I know people have been saying things about, like, serving real beers and, you know – backlash against random beers and praise of really good lagers or the things that, that keep coming up on, on people that like beer. Um, so I guess that's what I want to drink too. <laughs> I, I had from, uh, if you guys know good word brewing in, in uh, Duluth, Georgia, you know, Todd, no. it's in the South. He just made a, a collab. Um, forget who made it with, it was like an Italian style pills called any day now pills. And, it's the same kind of thing that I feel like drinking a lot more of. The Italian like, style pills there, man. That's that is such a thing. Just popping up. Yeah, apparently that's that's all you can sell in California right now is Italian style pills. It's <laughs> it's like what are what are these people basing it off of? I, I don't I, think I, I, all these people have drank Tipo, and I don't think they're basing it off Peroni. So Yeah, yeah, good point. So it's just like it's a, is it a fictitious like concept? It's like it sounds yeah, good. Where's that coming from? Yeah, yeah. It just it just seems like a like pretty cosmopolitan almost. No, it it is cosmopolitan. It's pretty interesting. Um, it's funny. I feel like we've all been cooped up and we haven't even hung out in a long time. So we're like, we need to have a road trip, man. God damn it, let's do it. Man- well, Brian, manifest. What, what, manifest. You got it. Manifest. Let's go through some of Ryan's questions because they they were getting get us a good conversation. I'm going to ask the first one. Um, Ryan says, where is the American palate at right now? And what do beer drinkers want? Why don't you take that gene and then we'll, we'll segue. Yeah. So like, like I said, we're coming up on our ninth year of operations and we've never sold so much hoppy beer. Um, uh, that's, I guess like a personal response and, and it feels good to be able to perpetuate that sort of a I guess, trend or, or style of brewing. But, um, I, I I think that people are we're in like a recoil period. I think people are taking it very safe with flavors, you know. Um, and I and I speak from experience. You know, when when I opened my first brewery uh, in 2012, you know, I was throwing like black garlic and 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 roasted ants <laughs> and ancho you know, in snails and snails. Exactly. That was, that was Brian and I. Our first collaboration was an escargot um, like black saison, uh, and, and we could get away with a lot of shit back then. Granted, I wasn't selling nearly as much beer, like brewing nearly as much beer as I am now. But uh, but the experimentation, like extreme experimentation, maybe not always for the best uh, in terms of like flavor or, or like construction. Um, like that was that was sort of the norm. But um, I think we've evolved as, as more and more people come in to the craft brewing community. Uh, I think that we, we really... The, the culture really favors just like simplicity and, and, and comfort and safe flavor. So, I mean, to, not to beat a dead horse, but like hazy IPA that just tastes like, it tastes like juice. It tastes like, you know, the corollaries are, are mango and, and citrus. And those are flavors that we've been drinking since our mommies put, put that juice in sippy cups for us, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that, uh, yeah, simplicity, ob- obvious flavors uh, and comfort is kind of like where we're at. And, you know, I'll tell you what I'm jonesing for. I, I just I just want to get out and have like a non-can experience. I want to have draft. I want to have like side pours. I want to have different mouthfeels. And I, I also want to be drinking out somewhere with a lot of people around me. Um, <laughs> that's 
part of the fun, right? <laughs> Which you guys are doing. Uh, Ryan, why don't you take over? Take, t- ask, let's ask a couple more questions and get this conversation going. And we're going to uh, wake these boys up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's kind of interesting, Gene, that you kind of say that. Like, these are like considered, they're like these kind of buckets, like, you know, hazy and hoppy. And then you've got like, you know, the like the fruit, fruity, sour, kettle sour, like gushers. And mm-hmm. you can kind of like, you see a lot of breweries just kind of like leaning on those two styles. While it took us a while to get to that place, it feels like the experimentation within that is not really happening as much as like, you know, escargot being put in a Saison kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's fucking dead. Like no, no one is willing to take chances right now. Like I can't tell you starting five years ago, all right, meet, meet a new guy or gal opening a brewery. Oh, cool. Tell me about your brewery. Oh, we're going to do Hazy's Imperial Stout and Fruited Sours. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, back then, like, and back we're going to have a Wild Ale that's, program. That's, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> radical. But now it's just it's just ka-chunk, 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 copy and paste. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and, I, and I, I, Brian and I have been talking about, like, I feel like I, I, I'm going through this mourning period of, uh, you know, in it, my, my, like, this newfound inability to like really like captivate people with new ideas in the beer world. It's, it's like, um, I don't know. I, I kind of like reference the drug culture, you know, it's like, we're, we're not free in our minds, like in the late sixties, early seventies with LSD or psychedelics anymore. We're the, the beer world is in the cocaine frenzy of like the eighties and people, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's pure ego. It's pure. Oh, that tastes good. Give me more, give me more, give me more. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so all things are cyclical. It's going to come back around, but just, like what a, what a ride Brian and I have had over the past decade, just like seeing how things how things yeah. evolve or, or devolve. From, from Michelin stars to marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I think for, for what's interesting to me, Brian, um, with you starting fast, fast fashion, you know, like – it does feel like a little tongue in cheek at the same time, but also like that, like you said, Gene, like that's what people are drinking. So where, where do you kind of see that fitting in um, with the whole hazy trend, I guess? What's that? Uh, Fast fashion in general. I mean, it's, it's just straight down the middle. I mean, it, I mean, it's, it is tongue in cheek, but it's, but it's, uh, it's also like an intentional bullseye, you Mm -hmm. know, that, I mean, Matt, specifically want it to, you know, just, you know, bowl a strike, you know, he's like, let's just line them up and knock them down. So yeah. we're not really, we're not, you know, it, it's not really about experimentation. It's just about hitting the mark. Um, mm-hmm. And it's cool. I, you know, I, I like, I like good IPAs and, you know, there's time and place. Stillwater on the other hand, it's like, I, you know, I, I, I do my best to try to like keep it secret in, in the realm of, you know, so I can experiment and, and that the people that do follow Stillwater, um, you know, follow, follow the change and, and are open to the experimentation. I think if I started going right, you know, forming it into, you know, a specific style like IPA or something, then it would just become something completely, completely different. Let, let me ask about, so back to Stillwater, so extra dry saison, a favorite. Just tell us a little about that, about the production, and you know how, how you settled on that as a, as a still water product. Um, that was it was it was kind of a it was inspired by a collaboration I did with uh, Kiyuchi, um, the Hidachino Brewery in Japan. Yes. Um, we they they also have a sake brewery and a distillery and a winery all in their campus of sorts. Um, so basically, we made a kind of hybrid sake saison there, um, but actually used the koji culture um, and kind of infused that into the mash. Bottom line is their their importer didn't wasn't a big fan of uh, how I conduct my business, I guess the whole nomadic brewer thing. So he refused to import the beer. Um, so I did my own version. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, now it's my biggest seller. So it's kind of, it was wow. a good move for me. And then uh, Ryan was going to ask, I'm going to ask some of Ryan's questions because they're really good for Gene. Um, 
going to your the legendary Tired Hands Milkshake IPA. Mm-hmm. What makes for the best ingredients and combos for the legendary Tired Hands Milkshake IPA? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, citric acid. You know, the, my my favorite milkshakes are the more balanced ones uh, that that you know kind of straddle that that line between like thick, luscious, desserty, and uh, just kind of acidic. So like our calamansi, uh, which is a type of citrus milkshake is great. Um, pineapple tends to be pretty good. So yeah, just like when we pile on the the real heavy low end flavors, it, it tends to bog my palate down a little bit. So I like it. I like it lifted up a little bit with some, with some generally speaking, citric acid. Sorry. When did you have that moment where, where you, you created this and you wanted the, the fruit flavors and everything? Um, I, I always got a kick out of like, um, accentuating flavors that were, that were inherent in different hop varietals. So like, um, I guess the most direct example would be like mango with Simcoe. I, Simcoe has always tasted like mango jelly to me. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so back in the day, you know, when, when it was just our cafe, I, we wouldn't, our, our fruit beers weren't really like, they, they actually bear no resemblance to what we actually, what, what is known as fruit beer you know, currently they were just in, enough mango to accentuate in this case, uh, the Simcoe in the beer. Um, and then with milkshake, it was just this like obvious amplification. The coolest thing with, with milkshake is that it, it looks really disgusting. Like, like the, the recipe looks disgusting. When, when, <laughs> when we wrote the recipe, I just like laughed. And, you know, when you're brewing seven barrels at a time, like, like we brew on our cafe system, uh, you can do that and you can, you can dump beer if it doesn't turn out. It just, it just so happened that like, I guess to paraphrase Brian, like it was, it was right down the middle, a total strike and, um, has, has turned into a subcategory of IPA, which is a pretty like, you know, I, I feel like I can hang up my boots at this point because I've made <laughs> some lasting impact on the beer world. It's your fault, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a Mexican, so I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there and just think about it. Yeah. But I mean, when you made those, like, those were innovative for the time, you know, um, Certainly. you know, and now like that trend is just caught on and, and it's, you know, kind of what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's time to innovate, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's time <laughs> to figure something else out. Um, what, what, what beer? So um, I know you guys are taking a trip and you're out West, each of you, Brian and Gene, what beers are you drinking uh, by other people right now or, or, or looking forward to drinking? Last night we plowed through a bunch of Georgetown, uh, Bodhi Zaffa and Lucille. Um, That's kind of, they're like my go-to IPA in in Seattle. It's always available at arm's reach and it's usually pretty fresh within a week or two. Yeah. And we're we're gearing up to drink a lot of Amber Ale and Red Ale in, in Alaska starting tomorrow. Yeah. Because that's what you do when you're in Alaska. Celebration really got me on the on the amber kick last year. It was my favorite beer of last year. Yeah, agreed. Yo, how did you get tur- how did you get turned back on to Celebration? I've always been a big fan of uh, of that beer and Sierra in general. Um, so I don't know around the ho- ho- around the holiday, I, I just saw it at the grocery store. I was like, all right, let's give it a whirl. And it was great. I, I think I drank like two cases of that <laughs> over the winter. Even Brian buys beer at the grocery store, bro. That's that's news. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. COVID. Stuff times. Wow. And what? tell us about the Twin Peaks Hotel. Because I want to hear about a little bit of Seattle lifestyle. Oh, shit. Um, well, we got um, – Gene, Gene and I almost got kicked out of it, I think, this morning because uh, for hop, hopping a fence. Um, a, few, a few fences. Yeah, a few fences. Uh, we couldn't get. We left our keys, and Matt uh, wouldn't wake up, so we had to get um, <laughs> crafty. <laughs> no, but it, it's it's beautiful. You just assume the role of a uh, special agent, Dale Cooper, and uh, you know, get some, get some black coffee, stuff some cherry pie in your in your in your face, and it, it all it all sinks up. Yeah. So so you're going to be in this convertible, and you're going to have a lot of adventures, right? Well, it's, I mean, it's one big adventure, I think. Yeah. We're going to be picking up, uh, you know, all sorts of characters on the way too. any, any hitchhikers, we're just going to throw them in the back, see where it takes us. And then, so, so who's making red, red ale and amber ale in Alaska? Alaskan Brewing Company. I'm writing down everything you say, so. (laughs) 
Alaskan Amber. It's a, it's, a, it's it's a big deal. It's classic. What's it been like for you as as a brewer, Brian, and and beer person, being in the Pacific Northwest? Had you spent a lot of time out there before you moved? Um, oddly enough, not not really. I'd been here a few times, um, <clears throat> but um, so yeah. I mean, I'd just been bouncing around the world for like the past decade, and been wanting to always wanted to live on the West Coast a bit. San Francisco was a target for a long time, but um, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of changed a bit over the years. So kind of uh, randomly ended up in Seattle, and I'm digging it. There's less human poop on the ground in Seattle. Definitely less poop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the weather is really nice. It doesn't it doesn't really rain as much as people think. It's funny when when I was like 21, I I went to the West Coast. I got a bicycle. And I, I rode up from L.A. to like Mendocino County. And my oh. original goal was to get to Seattle. But then I realized my bike broke down and I realized I really couldn't keep riding from Northern California all the way up. So I, ne- I never made long. it. So it's kind of a, a little mystery. Um, well, and you know, the funny thing about the show is that I was thinking that we were going to talk about, you know, the taste of beer and, you know, but I, I feel like we kind of hit it on the nail on that, you know, if I'm at 18 or nine or let's say 21, cause 21 legal, like, like my daughter's almost, you know, and, and they're starting out drinking their palates aren't where we are. You know, it's like, if we want people to, to come out and enjoy a brewery experience or a pub or a restaurant experience, you know, you, you're not going to start someone out with Burgundy. If they're drinking wine, you, you're not going to expect someone to, appreciate you know like the the rarest of beers and you really have to have some accessible drinks and um so i i I think it's i think it's actually kind of fascinating that the beverage industry and the beer industry has has evolved so much and has been so thriving you know i mean i don't know how, how you guys feel but there's more drinks out there than ever and i'm glad they've got alcohol in them (laughs) but um I don't know if you want to predict like where where the next thing's going, or if you think you're just going to discover Sierra Nevada Celebration and realize that that was like the best beer of an era. Well, I think I mean, Gene, we're we're um, talking about this the other day about um, vaping ethanol. Yeah, basically vaping your alcohol. There was a there was a waiter um, that was serving us that. Uh, mentioned that the other day hmm. yeah so just uh you know you could I, I think the next move is specific like hop flavored like nelson sovin flavored ethanol in a vape pen yeah terpene no vape pen yeah, yeah. <laughs> pastry pastry pen yeah you do you pastry pen too yeah yeah, yeah. You know, cupcake flavored i mean the, the i've been saying this for a bit now the future of beer is not beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> i wrote that down too well i'll tell you what I, i'm gonna we're gonna before we take a mid-break i'm gonna read off a beer haiku now we do uh there's a guy named awkward awkward haiku matt kerr and every week now i read a beer haiku of the week so here we go it's a theme this is today's theme ready beer haiku tastes like cocoa puffs for that there is a good cause i brewed them in there All right, so we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. This episode is supported by Angry Orchard. I'm Jimmy Carboni, host of Beer Sessions Radio, and I'll be moderating an amazing virtual event with Angry Orchard and Heritage Radio Network on May 26th. We'll be celebrating the release of the new first-of-its-kind book, American Cider, A Modern Guide to a Historic Beverage. I'll be in conversations with the authors, Daniel Pucci and Craig Cavallo. Then we'll welcome Angry Orchard head cider maker, Ryan Burke, for myth-busting about this beverage and an interactive cider tasting. When you order a ticket, you'll also receive a copy of the book. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash cider. Plus, you'll find a link to purchase a hand-selected cider bundle from Angry Orchard so you can taste along with us. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org slash cider. This episode is brought to you by Honeycomb Credit. 
Heritage Radio Network listeners can learn more about the power of community capital by visiting honeycombcredit.com HRN. We all know that food businesses like yours are the backbone of your community. You make your neighborhood a more delicious place to be, and your customers are hungry for more. Food businesses across the country are working with Honeycomb to open new locations, buy equipment, and grow. You too can unlock fair growth capital by allowing your community to invest directly into your business. A crowdfunded loan from Honeycomb deepens your customer relationships and gives them a whole new way to engage with your business. You'll also get access to thousands of local investors in the Honeycomb network who are passionate about seeing food businesses succeed. Honeycomb is the community bank of the 21st century. Fair rates, flexible terms, and no prepayment penalties. Honeycomb has proven to be an invaluable growth tool for all kinds of businesses, from James Beard-nominated restaurants and upstart food trucks to organic farms and award-winning breweries. Best of all, with Honeycomb, you're paying back your neighbors, not big banks. To learn more about how Honeycomb Credit can help grow your business while building vibrant, financially empowered neighborhoods, visit honeycombcredit.com HRN. Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. Check us out and become a member at heritageradionetwork.org. So Brian Strumke of Stillwater has been hanging out in Seattle and Jean Brillo of, excuse me, Brillo. <laughs> Brillo. Call me Jean Brillo. Jean Brillo of Tired Hands is out there with him, and they're getting ready for a great West Coast trip. So we're talking, and with Ryan Brewer. So some of the questions that you asked, Ryan, why don't you take the next one, and let's keep these boys talking, because they were up all last night at the Twin Peaks Hotel. So <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what? what's your process like for – you know, with production brewing, obviously you've, you know, you've got like pilot tanks that you use, I'm sure. But when you're ready to make that jump for something you've experimented with, what, what's your, what's that like when you're brewing with a new ingredient and how do you combat against, um, you know, making a beer that you might have to dump, I guess. I, I mean, I mean, we can probably speak differently on this, but I, I don't know when it comes to experimenting with, new ingredients it's uh i i never really w- r- r- like think of the risk of having to dump a batch because i i put something you know new into it um usually you know dumping a batch has to do with a technical error um i mean like anything when it, cooking you kind of like if you're un- uncertain you just you add you, you you tread uh, lightly and, and just kind of ease your way into it and see if it works. Kind of like adjust on the fly. Yeah, because I mean, with I mean, shit, especially nowadays. I mean, half the beers people are all hyped on are are made with just uh, you know with extracts and aromas. So you know anything can be doctored up until the end of uh, before packaging. All right, and um, another one. Strangest ingredients you've ever put into a beer or have tried in a beer. We talked about that a little bit, but that seems to be where this is going. Yeah, you're, you're talking to the right people. Um, I think, at least in my camp, uh, well, Brian, our escargot, dark saison, uh, I've used, I've I actually brewed a beer with uh, Jolly Pumpkin that used ants, um, baked ants. Um, black garlic was a, that was a real sort of, low point for me <laughs> MSG MSG, MSG we... yeah that was also a low yeah. point for me yeah yeah I think I mean Gene and I definitely you know we came from the you know we're it's funny for us to not think that we're kind of old school <laughs> being, yeah, being around and it's but yeah it's the, the, the whole idea of like experimentation in beer now as opposed to then I think it's a really different you know, it's a different headspace. Um, now, it, like like Gene said, it's like the the new trend in beer isn't beer. Um, it's um, <clears throat> so you, and and yeah, it's hard to kind of captivate. Like you know, the the beer already already snailed. The you know the black saison that we made with snail shells. 
um, it was really, you know, it was a lovely beer and it, it, it wasn't just about shock value. It was, you know, it was, it was kind of a riff on, um, kind of an oyster style. Totally. It was about composition and, yeah. and, and testing the waters of what could be. Um, but like I said, it, it was much easier to do that 10 years ago on a seven barrel system versus whatever, 420 barrel batches you're brewing right now, Brian. <laughs> so then when, when you guys come together, so I'm sure that you're going to make some, have some fun when you visit these other breweries. What's the process like? I mean, it's Brian, Gene, and the other person. Um, it's It's been sort of following a rhythm of Gene and Brian say we want to brew some fucked up shit. Our host brewer says, I don't think I can sell that. And then we just send, we'll likely end up brewing a hazy IPA. <laughs> <laughs> cocaine, cocaine era, cocaine era. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. We're gonna we're probably gonna listen to a lot of Huey Lewis on the on the yeah. show. <laughs> it is a weird thing. I I, I did some re, like hyper regional shows, which has been the, the cool part of talking on the computer. And you know, guys in Toronto and in uh, like Nova Scotia, places that have a thriving beer community who've who've kind of like you, they've been stuck in their own little region. And the thing they're talking about has been Cascales. They're like cask. ode to cask. They're they're celebrating that one or two producers that make it, and um, it's kind of neat seeing that people are, are looking for some of the like like in Boston area where I've been a lot. You know, Notch Brewing is is got his Czech side pours, and like that's the that's what I'm craving. I want to go there and just literally have you know some side pour Czech Czech pills with the mouthfeel. You know, those are the things that I'm craving. And I almost don't want anything out of a can right now. Yeah, I, I almost wonder, Brian and Gene, if you think that the the evolution is going to come. Like, where are those people that have come in and like the hazies and and like the 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 pastry stouts and the marshmallow beers? Are they? Do you think their palates are going to evolve to want to drink a cask beer eventually, or do you think they're going to like siphon off into seltzers and RTDs and, and other like non-beer, you know, beer offerings. They're going to find new hobbies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those people are all going to start collecting stamps or trains and uh, maybe, maybe making homemade sarsaparilla. Like that's, it's, it's a very, as much as I love it because like, well, God damn it, I'm a businessman. So it's pretty cool that I have, that we have this huge uh, radar screen of, of beer fans nowadays. But I mean, it's a, I feel like it's a very finicky, sector of of that of that uh radar screen so yeah like the you know the people that that are head over heels in love with beer that doesn't taste like beer will just find something else mm. yeah well i agree with that you know th this summer i i keep thinking about the places i want to go and it sounds like you guys have us trumped <laughs> with uh your your west coast trip you know if you go down to san diego um why did you pick that trip, uh, Alaska to Tijuana? Sounds pretty badass, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it sure does. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, I mean, we still, I mean, we, we still, we're still working off of uh, one-way air, air, air tickets. Yeah, it's so. just one-way tickets this entire trip. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, right now we're we're just uh, we have a flight to San Francisco and we have a. a a rental car waiting for us. Um, so we'll see how far we get and how long it takes us. <laughs> and what about music? So what, what, what have you been listening to Brian or you don't make music anymore? Do you? Well, funny enough, I, Gene actually bought me a, a, a matching little synthesizer. What's, what's the name of that thing, Gene? It's, it's, it's um, it's called the OPZ. It's, it's, uh, it's manufactured by a company called teenage engineering. Yeah, so now we're we're working on our uh, cross <clears throat> uh, electronic live and DJ uh, duo. Very cool, man. We kicked it off. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually just recorded a track like two days ago. Oh yeah, that sounds nice. cool. <laughs> and then oh, Gene says, "I got you." Um, so when you were in New York, uh, what, what's the collab you made with with Grim? I saw a picture of of you and um, the Grim guys and Gal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Um, that's going to be sort of this like pseudo wine beer hybrid. You know, we at Tired Hands, we established a, a winery about three or four years ago. And um, 
or just sort of harnessing that that uh, viniculture energy with a uh, grim sort of like spontaneous program and um, trying to create something that's I guess like loosely evocative of, of Southern Hemisphere uh, Southern Hemisphere Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll it'll be you know a pretty dainty blend, maybe four four or five barrels at most. Um, but uh, but it was a pretty cool experience. I I'm, I'm sure you you've engaged in that in that sort of like quote unquote collaboration before, uh, Brian. But it was you know with it, when you when you abstract yourself from the brewing process and just get right down to blending, it, it's really like affirming uh, and and really immediate. So you know we spent maybe. In typical Gene and Brian fashion, you know, we we allocated maybe two hours to spend with the Grim folks. But after the first hour or so, we had a pretty good idea of, of where the the collaboration, the blend was going. Um, and uh, yeah, it just it felt it felt good. It was just like instant gratification. Yeah, you know, it's you know, it was it's like the it's like analog to digital photography. It's like you don't have to wait to develop the film. It, it seems like a. a a lot of people are talking about doing more than just beer. Like, um, I know you guys know, um, Patrick Rue, right? Formerly mm-hmm. of the brewery. Yeah. And you know, he's at, so he's in Napa at erosion yeah. and now he's doing morphing into mead, cidery brewery, as well as wine. He, he, doesn't, guys, own, he doesn't own the brewery anymore. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I just know that, um, he's a couple years ago. He just, was up in Napa with this project called Erosion, cool. uh, which it's making like pastry make- wines or something, right? Pastry wines, yeah, yeah. wines, <laughs> yeah. And now he's putting <laughs> in the brewery, and, and he's going to make mead as well. He's got some honey sources there, but I don't know if you're going down to Napa. You should stop if you're on the way to San Francisco or whatever. You should check him out because I, I feel like that he's going to really be. It, I think whatever he's doing there is going to be really cool, and. um that's I just got an inkling of it recently when I talked to him. So you I gotta go visit. You gotta go visit him and tell me what I, it's like. If he- I, I, <laughs> I had my I had my sweet tooth surgically removed um, when I was like fourteen. So I don't know if I had anything <laughs> on this trip. And you were still able to make uh, milkshake IPAs. I'm impressed. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're they're empirically rather dry, you know. That's true. You know, there is another one. This is it's, it's American Craft Beer Week, so. Let's give some shout outs. So, you know, for all those kids that are turning 21 this year and that have, haven't really had a chance to go out, they're going to be going out and there's going to be a lot of new customers. What's a beer? You can tell me another brand if you want that you would introduce someone who's 21, who's never really had an official beer out somewhere that's going to make them really like beer. Hmm. Um, a pastry wine. I, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> no, I think that, that's a that's a moving target. That's a loaded question, you know, because yeah. uh, it's so personal and so many sensibilities are wrapped up in that in an answer to that question. Um, I mean, honestly, I would give them something like extra dry, you know, something that's just like a, a guzzler, you know, White Claw. I'd give them pastry. <laughs> I'd give them a pa- yeah pastry seltzer. Well, I think they're drinking the White Claw before they're twenty one. I think when they get 21, they can actually go into a pub and have a real beer. Um, what about Belgian beers? You know, Brian, you know, that's really how I first met you. And everyone always keeps talking about how much they like Saison's. But do you think, is that a beer for a, a new beer drinker? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I've always, you know, been you know, trying to trying to really push Saison into the mainstream. I think it's... Um, when done, yeah, when, when done correctly, I mean, it can really emulate just almost like a lager. Um, and I think it can, it, um, I don't know. Now, fast, so at fast fashion, are you, are you, or you, or is Matt, are you making beers besides hazy IPAs? Today we're brewing a saison. Wow! Yeah, it's um, into punchins. It's going to be fermented yeah. in oak. Uh, yeah. But that's but that's also kind of that's a kickoff. It's part of our our, our mushroom side project that we're that Gene and I are doing. So the cha, the chaga mushrooms. Well, mushroom as a concept, you know, sort of working with uh, sacred ingredients. Uh, 
sacred herbs and whatnot. So today we're using some few bags of really gnarly local spelt. Um, I, I shipped my mixed culture saison uh, slurry up here, uh, and we're just dumping the beer into barrels uh, with honey and adding yeast and like just letting it rot for a few weeks and seeing what going to see what happens. Mm. Yeah, hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's the working title. Yeah, it's a it's a good name oh, for a beer. Right. <laughs> hot garbage cold beer <laughs> hot garbage cold beer so then you need you need to get in a convertible and drive away after that don't you <laughs> we, wow. are, we are looking for a driver if you want to sign on <laughs> i got a license i don't know if you want me driving but <laughs> wow that could be your thing every stop you get a new driver have them pick you up yeah, well, it was basically uh, the the idea was to just pick up hitchhikers, but tell them that they have to drive. Totally. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That you could even have uh, someone with a learner's permit. They don't even need to have a license. So, yeah, yeah it's, they, it's their fault if they get pulled over. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm just happy to talk to you guys, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you in person, and to doing a lot more of this kind of fun chatting and drinking and um brian i'm glad you mentioned sierra nevada celebration um i feel like what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna probably go out and drink a lot of classics this summer um and a lot of other stuff i'm really i'm really craving if you're out there in boston go up to notch notch brewing and have some side pour pills because that's probably the first thing what's the first what's the side pour it's like the czech style the lucre the lucre faucet and it's oh, got okay. a little little yeah. filter, so it kind of like what the way that S- the Guinness thing? Nitro, yeah. There's a sparkler, but it you put the the so, so the it makes head, it, it makes it, it foamier, but it's a it's a certain mouthfeel that you can't match. I mean, def, definitely compare if you're just drinking out of cans. Any other mouthfeel is like going to be amazing. So I I kind of just feel like any any good draft system right now I'm just going to drink like three beers and is that what the Italian lager is all is all about? No. I I don't think so. I I think that um just that the the it's the Haller it's supposed to be Hallertau hops mm-hmm. I think. Um it depends on how you make it, but the one I had was just really good. Nice. I also just had one in a can, so um but I don't know. Um I want you guys, we're going to wrap this up because you, you guys have got a place to go. And, and just wanted to say again, it's American Craft Beer Week. And I'm so thrilled to have Brian from Stillwater and, and Fast Fashion and Gene from Tired Hands with me, as well as Ryan Brower from Gear Patrol. Um, Ryan, is what's the wrap-up question for, for these boys? Hmm. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, where 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 do you – both feel you you want to kind of innovate and experiment and push. I know I know you know we were just talking about you know you're brewing the saison right now, um, but what are some things that you know not revealing any secrets or you know things you're keeping close to the chest, but you kind of want to like try to put out there and um, you know see if something can kind of uh, feel like you're innovating again. Yeah, like I said earlier, I feel like we're kind of in this like holding pattern right now in terms of innovation and craft beer. Uh, I'm not sure the market is ready for any sort of experimentation. Like we're in this lull. Uh, for me personally, I mean, I, I get my kicks sort of uh, innovating process, you know, uh, at, at our breweries and, uh, you know, making the days more efficient, making sure my, my crew is happier than ever um, to the best of my ability. But yeah, in terms, in terms of like what we're put, what I'm putting out there, you know, we, it's, it's, it's just a, a lot of hazy yellow liquid, uh, and that's that's great. Um, but I, yeah, and, and unfortunately, I, my my crystal ball is a little cloudy right now. I don't know what comes next. <laughs> sugar wine. Oh, sugar, sugar wine. wine. Tell us <laughs> sugar wine. And then Gene, Gene, just about, sorry, just go back. Just your crew, since you mentioned your brewery crew, how, how has your brewery crew held up? Like, what, are any there are things you've had to to modify or like adapt for just for people to keep working like uh, with respect to COVID in respect to COVID and work conditions or, um, I mean, they, I have, I think 12 people on, on staff in the brewery and they all work a solid 40 hour a week and 
no, I mean, COVID has helped sort of help us streamline, streamline our process uh, in terms of production. And uh, no, I mean, make sure everyone stays watered and fed and paid well. And, and yeah, I haven't, I haven't really had to modify anything over the past year or so. Of course, you know, we're making a lot more beer now uh, because people like to drink in, in a, during a pandemic. That's cool. And Brian, what 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 do we miss? Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, it's just it's good to catch up and talk to you again. It's been a while. it's been a while. Yeah, I think the last time I saw you was in Williamsburg a couple years ago. So, um, you're always leading the way for us, brother. I think we all got to hit the West Coast <laughs> and do some stuff. I know Roberta's has got a place out there. I. I my friend, there was a great little place in Little Italy called Nolita called um, Cafe Jetan, Luke. And he's mm-hmm. opening up in somewhere in L.A. right now, too. So maybe we all got to get out to the West Coast this summer. That would be fun. You should. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, thanks so much for joining me, guys. Big shout out. Thank you, Brian, Ryan, Jimmy, and Gene. You. And you guys are awesome. You made my week, and I'm getting inspired. Um, big thanks to our engineer, Armin, and producing intern, Caroline. I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host on Beer Sessions Radio. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us on Heritage Radio Network. All right, guys. See you later. Woo. Beer Sessions Radio is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage radio network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you want to be part of the food world's most innovative community. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.